0: Lord, for thy grace, that we thy place may
1: be. Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21 year long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry gives us the unforgettable account of Jesus coming into the temple in Jerusalem, and in a display of the most righteous anger at the sight of God's house being turned into a place of merchandise and commerce, he cleanses the temple, overturning the tables and chasing the peddlers away. Immediately following this comes a profound exchange between the Lord Jesus and the religionists. In John 2, verse 18, The Jews then answered and said to him, What sign do you show us, seeing that you do these things? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, This temple was built in forty-six years, and you will raise it up in three days. But he spoke of the temple of his body. What makes this word so meaningful is that John clearly identifies Jesus as the real temple, the real house of God. This means even as we consider the temple in the Old Testament, such as in Ezekiel's great vision in chapters 40 through 48, we must realize that this is a type of the Lord Jesus himself and of the church, the New Testament enlargement of God's house. John Pester with us today as we consider John in the printed life study, a lot of details. We're going to just extract a few of them, but these details all seem to uh, unveil and open up an aspect of Christ or an aspect of our experience of him that we really should not miss, don't they?
2: It opens up Christ, and it opens up our experience of Christ. And as we experience Christ, we also enter into the reality of the body of Christ, which is the church. And in this particular Life Study message, there's a clear indication that the temple refers not only to Christ as the Holy of Holies and all the other aspects, but there is also an aspect of the enlargement of Christ that can be seen in the temple design in Ezekiel, and that enlargement of Christ is really the church. And I think we'll see that in this Life Study message and come to appreciate the fact that not only is the Lord Jesus the temple, but even the church is regarded as the temple in the New Testament realities. John, as we've
1: seen, this book of uh, Ezekiel is broken into sections, the last section being these last uh, nine chapters, chapters 40 through 48, really unveiling this vision that he got of the temple. This is a future temple, even uh, enlarged from the temple of Solomon. But what's important, as you said, the temple here, and I like this passage in John too because it really does give us a solid scriptural ground for a kind of interpreting of these aspects of the temple as a type of Christ, and as you said, as we'll clearly see, also a type of the church. So there's solid foundation for this kind of interpretation of Scripture, but I think key, if we're going to understand where we're going today. Specifically today, we're going to be mostly in chapter 40, a couple of verses from 41, and uh, there's so many verses and so much detail, I'm I'm really just going to read a few highlights here because we've uh, had to just extract three or four points that we want to get into and develop a bit, but we'd like to recommend, uh, I think at the outset today, for a couple of reasons now. The listeners contact us about getting the printed life study message. Not only do we get the printed messages that have all the detail, but we also get these incredibly helpful graphs and diagrams of the various aspects of the temple. If you had these uh, following along, it would make it easier. At any rate, let's look at a few verses in chapter 40 and 41. He then brought me to the porch of the house. So this uh, temple has a porch at the front. And the width of the gate of the porch was 14 cubits, and he brought me to the temple, and the width of the entrance was 10 cubits. Then he went into the inner temple, and the entrance 6 cubits. And he said to me, This is the Holy of Holies. And the side chambers were in three stories, one over another, with 30 units each, Well, I've excerpted a number of little phrases there out of these several verses in order to show us that the temple is the front porch and then an outer temple and then an inner temple and this whole structure is surrounded by side chambers. All of those points will be developed as we listen to Witness Lee now from his life study of the book of Ezekiel.
0: Now tonight, hallelujah, we have really come to the temple. The temple... Is mainly composed with three sections. Firstly, you have the porch. Then, secondly, you have the outer temple, which is called the holy place, the outer temple. Then, you have the inner temple, which is called the most holy or the holiest of holy. Beside this, you have an attachment which is called by Ezekiel the side chambers. The porch, the outer temple, the inner temple, and the side chambers. Now, firstly, we have to cover the porch. The porch here is just for the use as a lobby. The meaning of this is... Easy to approach. Easy to approach. You know, in the church life, we must have a porch. We must have a lobby. That is easy for people to approach. Look at this hall. Even outside this hall, you have a lobby there. That is the porch. Then we pass the porch. We come to the outer temple. Then we get to the inner temple. You know, the entry of the porch is fourteen cubit and the entry of the in, of the outer card is ten cubit. It's narrow now. Could you see this? Later on you will see the entry of the inner card is six cubits. The inner you get the entry narrow is. Now from the temple we go on to the side chambers. This is really meaningful. The beauty of this temple is just at the set chambers. What are the set chambers? I tell you, this is the fullness of Christ. You have the term in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. The church is the body of Christ, the fullness. Without the timbers, you don't have the fullness. All the three-story chambers with 90 set chambers just express the fullness. The set are we, the church, as the fullness of Christ, as the expression of Christ. And it is in three stories. This is in the triune God and in Resurrection. We express Christ, of course, in the triune God and in resurrection, in the Father, and in the Son, and in the Spirit.
1: Well, John, we've uh, really loaded up this first section. (laughs) There's a lot here. Let's try to review a little bit. We're really getting a kind of a verbal picture of this structure, the temple, with these three main sections, this outer porch, or a lobby as he identified it, with the wider gate. Uh, Then an inner room called the outer temple with a somewhat narrower gate. And then beyond that, the most inner temple, the most holy place, the Holy of Holies, with an even narrower gate. And then surrounding this whole structure are these side chambers, three stories high, 30 uh, side chambers on each level altogether, 90 chambers. Uh, All of these things significant, aren't they?
2: When I was listening to Brother Lee speak about the porch and how the main aspect of a porch is its approachability, the verse that came to my mind was the verse where the Father dwells in unapproachable light. Ah. There is an aspect of our God that's unapproachable, but there is an aspect of our God that's very approachable. And even the approachability of our God is seen in the person of Jesus Christ. Because he became a man— All of a sudden, God was approachable. And it's the uplifted humanity of the Lord which serves as the basis of people being able to approach God. And it's that uplifted humanity of the Lord that's wrought into the believers as the church that makes Christ approachable through the church. But as you approach the Lord and then enter into the Lord, the successive gates are narrower and narrower. And so even though we have an approachable God, as we go deeper into this God, there's more restriction. And as we experience the Lord and as we uh, enjoy the Lord, even in his humanity— the Lord places further and further restrictions upon us. We should realize that it's so easy to come to the Lord, but once we come to the Lord, the Lord really wants to work on us, work in us, and he does that by increasingly giving us the restrictions that cause us to walk in a narrower path, in a straighter path, and we need to have that kind of realization that God desires us to come forward to him, to the throne of grace, which is in the Holy of Holies, but to come forward to that point After entering into the approachable Lord, we need to realize that he still has a lot of work to do in our being to make us restricted according to the divine life so that when we do enter into the fellowship with him in the Holy of Holies, we truly match the sanctified atmosphere that is the Lord Jesus himself.
1: You know, there's a marvelous old hymn, and it uh, somewhat describes the progression of a young believer that is maturing in life. It starts out uh, as this one is not yet a believer. It says, all of self, none of thee. And then the next verse goes on. It says, some of self, some of thee. Right. Then it says, uh, less of self, more of thee, and ultimately, none of self. All of the uh, – there's less and less room for us as we progress, isn't there? And right. There's, but there seems to be more and more room for him.
2: It's interesting that there's three verses in there that almost match the three verses, the, the, the progression of the three gates in, into the Holy Temple. There really is this – progression in our experience.
1: And it's this progression in our experience, this maturity uh, that is taking place that causes us ultimately to be these beautifying chambers surrounding the temple, surrounding the Lord himself.
2: That's what's really marvelous, that within the temple, there's the Holy of Holies, which represents God, Christ. But there's also these side chambers within the holy temple there's these 90 side chambers which can only be regarded as the enlargement of christ brother lee in the life study makes the point that without the side chambers there's not much beauty to the temple but the beauty of the temple is seen because in all of these side chambers there's a window that allows light to come in and you get to see all the the fine details of the inner temple and the outer temple through the light that's shining through these side chamber windows. And so it's through the church, through the enlargement of Christ, that we see all of the beauty and all of the aspects of our Christ who lives in us and is being expressed through us.
1: Let's look at these uh, windows because this is the subject of uh, this next section. In chapter 41 and verse 15, it says In the outer temple, the inner temple, the porches of the court, the thresholds, the latticed windows and the galleries of the surrounding side chambers with their three stories opposite the threshold were paneled with wood all around, even from the ground to the windows. Now the windows were latticed to the top of the entrance, both in the inner house and outside. And on all the walls and around, inside and outside, by measurement, were both carved cherubim and palm trees. So, as you said, John, each of these 90 chambers surrounding the temple has a window, a window that has a latticework to filter out. So it's letting in and also filtering out. And then this carving on the side, uh, the wood side paneling surrounding the windows, all of these things also meaningful. And witnessly will help us through each of these points as we
0: continue. Now we have to cover something (laughs) about the lattice windows again. All the lattice windows with the palm trees, the windows are for the use to bring in the air, to bring in the light. And all the lattices are the screen to screen the window to block out all the negative things. Anything that is heavenly, anything that is of life, anything that is of the pure clear air, get in. Anything that is of the sunshine, anything that is of light, get in. But anything that is dirty, anything that is wrong, anything that is evil, anything that is negative, it will be back out. This is Christ at the life giving spirit. And here, on all the windows, you have the symbols of victory. Of the everlasting and evergreen power. This is the palm tree. Palm tree signifies victory and the everlasting power. Everlasting strength. Evergreen. Now, this victory... And the everlasting power always go together with the air, with the light. If we have the life-giving spirit, surely we have the victory of the Lord. And we have the everlasting power, everlasting strength of Christ with us.
1: Alright, John, all these windows and the lattice work, the window obviously letting in light, and in this case, of course, there was no pain in those days, so it was letting in the fresh air, it was letting in all these positive things, but yet a lattice work there to filter out the negative things. Really full of significance, again, in our experience, isn't it?
2: Well, I think we should not take for granted Witness Lee's explanation of these windows and his association of them with the life-giving spirit. A window Let's in air and a window lets in light and in the new testament the air and light are always associated with the spirit the wind blows where it wills and the spirit enlightens in the new testament right. and so to associate these windows with the life-giving spirit is altogether proper the life-giving spirit. We have to realize, however, what kind of life is in the life-giving spirit. This life-giving spirit contains all of the experiences of Christ in his incarnation, in his human living, but especially in his death and resurrection. In his death, Christ dealt with all of the negative elements in the universe, and that experience of death was compounded into the life-giving spirit. There is an aspect of the death of Christ that is available to every believer when he opens his being to the Lord, calls on the name of the Lord, receives and exercises his spirit. That death is applied by the life-giving spirit. And so these lattice windows in the temple are indicative of the ability of Christ as the life-giving spirit to deal with everything negative in the universe. But in addition to dealing with everything negative in the universe and in our experience, there's also the palm trees. And the palm trees signify the overcoming resurrection life of Christ, which is always evergreen. These palm trees, they live in the wilderness but whether it's winter or summer they're green which indicates the living flowing life of the lord which is available in resurrection to all of the believers so you have the overcoming victorious life of christ shining through the windows and all the negative things being shut out so when we exercise our spirit and we open to the lord we receive the the spirit as air and we receive the spirit as an enlightening Element in our being, but then also we experience the Spirit dealing with all of the negative elements in our being and all the negative elements in our circumstances and situations. And this brings us into a deeper experience of the Lord as the temple and beautifies us and beautifies the Lord.
1: John, we've got um, a couple things yet to cover, Uh, not too much time. But if we go through the remaining verses here in chapter 41. We notice that there are just two large doors to this whole structure. 90 windows, but only two doors, and that's a double swinging door at the front, so there's no rear exit, so to speak. And then surrounding this whole structure, even outside of these uh, side chambers, is just this extra space that's referred to in two verses in chapter 41, verse 9 and 11. It's not defined. We're not given a purpose. It's just described. And even we know it's five cubits, like sort of an extra space all around. That also meaningful as we'll hear in our final portion.
0: Well, I believe I've passed on all this thing to you. But now pay your attention to something more. That is, hallelujah. Outside of the set chambers, you have the space left. What does this signify? This signifies the riches of Christ. Regards how much you need Christ. After He fills all your need, still something left. Yes. You do have twelve basket. Hallelujah. Twelve basket. What the Lord did, and what the Lord was, met all the need of the hungry ones. After filling up the hungry ones, still you have a big leftover, twelve baskets. The space left on this side, and the space left on that side, on three sides, these are the twelve baskets. The Lord never cares. He's always rich. Always something left. After you spend everything you need, still you have some more dollars left. (laughs) It's wonderful. Isn't this wonderful? Christ is so rich. Just one more point. That is, look at the doors. You know, the record says, the doors, only two doors. Two doors of 90 timbers. So, not so many exits. Easy for you to get in, but not so easy for you to get out. (laughs) There's no back exit, nor side exit, no fire exit, but full of windows. More than 90 windows. Hallelujah. Christ is so rich.
1: John, I have to uh, marvel at his relating this extra space to the uh, you know the story in John six of the twelve baskets being left over after just a couple of fish and few loaves were uh, there to feed all the thousands. And I have to also say, in our experience, uh, it's a much easier to get into Christ than it is to find a way out, isn't it?
2: When I was considering this message, a line from the hymn came to me: "There is always something over when we taste our gracious Lord." The free space in the temple is just an indication that there is no possibility for redeemed humanity to exhaust the riches of Christ. They are unsearchable. Uh, When we taste our gracious Lord, there's still something left over. And isn't that marvelous? It is. (laughs) Isn't that marvelous that we can experience the Lord today and he will be rich and even richer in our experience tomorrow. There is nothing that we can do to exhaust him. This is a humbling to us because we realize that we still need to come to the Lord. We may have had marvelous, wonderful experiences of Christ in the past, but we need to come to the Lord today because he's gracious, and and as we taste him, there will be something over. This is the the free space that's left. There is uh, 12 basketfuls of christ left over after he has fed all of his people there's still something over
1: and so with such a rich christ for us to dwell in why would we even need a back door a fire escape
2: i think it's marvelous that there's very few doors because in our experience i think we all have the realization even when we try to find the door it's very difficult to find the door it really is <laughs> uh, the lord just comes to us and he's still appears to us again he reveals himself in his riches to us and we realize oh i need to explore that free space a little bit more and we come back to the lord
1: really so well we have eternity to uh, explore all of the space and we'll never come to the end but we have come to the end of our time today we hope you'll stay with us as we continue in these life study programs from the book of ezekiel for john pastor i'm chris wild thanks very much for listening at lsm.org. Thanks for listening. What is the church? The church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all in all. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. The body of Christ is not an organization, but an organism constituted of all the regenerated believers for the expression and activities of the head. The body of Christ is the issue of the incarnated, crucified, resurrected, and ascended Christ who has come into the church. By means of the ascended Christ's heavenly transmission, we are made one with him, and thus his body is produced. Scripture, Ephesians 1.23 and commentary from the New Testament recovery version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.